All right, guys, we're live. It's February 7, 2022. It's a Monday in the Philippines. It's Sunday uh, in different parts of the world. So it's me again. It's Nikki, it's Jeff, it's Doc Ty, Martha. We should come up with another name for all of us. But uh, so how, how how's life? Like, how's the week? Where are you? Uh, so I don't know who wants to start for February 7 until 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So for this week, it's still an earnings-related season. Last week has been quite a monster run for companies like Snapchat, Pinterest, and quite a big uh, doozer for Facebook. What do you expect for this week? Um, or is there anything that you guys are watching? Who wants to start? Anyone can, if, if, if anyone wants to share anything. No, nobody. Nobody's going to start this no. off. It, it's okay. So I'll, I'll try to discuss like uh, my plan. So um, last week, what I've noticed was quite good moves from a call option standpoint. Um, so obviously this week, I think the biggest headlines was a Peloton. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw that uh, Amazon or there are potential suitors on Peloton. I have no position. I'm very scared of Peloton. But um, does that have implication for Affirm though? Because some people are saying that uh, next week, given that a firm, wait, wait, a firm's going to report their numbers February. It's quite yeah. near. It's like two weeks from now. Um, to me, what's going to be interesting is a firm and square. Um, it's next next Thursday, actually. February 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's nearby. So we've got a firm in the earnings weeks. I'm also looking at um, Roblox is coming out on Feb 15. Square is on Feb 24. So um, wait, let me see. Which are the earnings that are going to make a huge move next week? Next three weeks, maybe. So upcoming earnings, uh, I'll, I'll share it now. I'll, I'll go share the screen. So as usual, I do use earnings whispers. Makes things easy. Yeah. Okay, so um, on Monday, not much. I mean, well, Serence and Saragon would be interesting to look at. Take two interactive. But I, I wouldn't trade on this. The only trade that I'll make for the week would be probably on... Actually, I'll, I'll trade only a firm on this this, uh, this entire week. The rest, I'll just be watching the numbers. Like, I'll be watching how Walt Disney handles it. Or how Twilio handles how Chipotle is doing, how Enphase is doing. I think this one is an interesting mix of uh, earnings on Tuesday. Peloton, Digital Turbine, Enphase. I'm not that confident on um, on their earnings, but it would be really um, interesting if the market would uh, either buy them out on, uh, on... I'd say the earnings of Enphase would be affected a lot with uh, the subsidy drops, right? So... They're they're probably gonna say lower outlooks. We'll see I if that if that has been priced in. What do you think? Yeah, um, the thing that jumps out to me here is is Uber. Um, Uber. Yeah, I think Wednesday. the COVID, the COVID thing is like. Past. You know, I think I think we're really getting past it, um, and I think you're really gonna see a ramping up in 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 profits um, with Uber. Um, you know, just from a personal perspective, I've used it a ton, um, and it seems like it's getting harder and harder um, to to find uh, a ride. And 
Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's, it, I think it's a good situation for them. For Uber and Lyft. We'll mm-hmm. get a sign already on Tuesday because yep. Lyft is on Tuesday, Uber's Tuesday. Wednesday, and Disney's on Wednesday. So if we're going to like make a bit that uh, just like how Airbnb showed strong recovery last quarter, mm-hmm. then it's likely that if these these um, reopening plays like Uber, Lyft, and Walt Disney give not really good, not great signs, but just like signs of recovery, Mm-hmm. There could be some some moves there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. might be an interesting week to to see how these uh, earnings for these three are. Actually, people would also be betting on Datadog. I think actually last Friday, I've been seeing software stocks already start rising. It's possible that Twilio and Datadog this week are going to be huge big movers. It might not represent the sector, but it has a lot. Uh, it will inspire confidence if any of these two prove that. It doesn't matter if they're trading at 20 or 30 times price of sales, if they can match 100% rules. I, I mean, I think that um, this concept of highly valued growth, uh, high growth names trading at lavish valuations, people would look twice if uh, if they see Twilio and Datadog actually beat numbers. Anyway, where's Twilio now? Twilio's like 180 bucks. Where I mean, it's fallen like 50%, right? Yeah. It's 190 so from 400 bucks, let me let me just show you the the heat map. Oh wait, the 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 charts. I think this week is quite interesting for some software names. Uh, here, so Twilio is actually showing some support here about 180. Sure, it could fall 150, but uh, if this one breaks uh, a good number, say on Thursday, these things could swell on the 200 bucks or 250. Anyway, the, remember this one. Just last May, this was a gap up from 120 to 180. This Twilio is um, Twilio doesn't quite disappoint if uh, if 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 we're talking about earnings and if you have a very low obstacle course. So like Twilio is one thing that uh, the bulls might be aware of and Datadog. Yeah. Datadog's been very strong here. Last Friday, we saw bulls actually. Um, you saw how crypto rallied. Kaboom. <laughs> Guys, crypto is moving up. BTC is 42,000. And uh, Ethereum's like near 3,000 again. Let me just show it to you. Uh, I'm quite bullish for this. Yeah, uh, I actually am bullish. Bitcoin, Bitcoin mm. broke, broke out of its declining uh, yeah. channel. Bitcoin, dec- uh, Bitcoin broke 38. It's now testing 42, then 45. And who knows? If actually one of the things that I'm actually looking at is... You know, if Bitcoin happens to be uh, a sentiment indicator, it's giving us, a, it's two things. For other people, for them, when crypto cryptocurrency rallies, all they can think about is um, MSTR, MicroStrategy, or Coinbase, or mm-hmm. I'm not sure, uh, like the typical, right? They usually go MicroStrategy or Coinbase. Maybe some will go hot farms or Bitmine, Bitfarms. Mm-hmm. But I think like the majority sees the crypto rally as a sentiment indicator that if crypto can rally and these are startups like a lot of blockchains are still very new what more if you wanted to buy roblox which is just coming out two weeks from now especially in light of snapchat's growth especially after unity breaking out of that um, user growth like they grew 44 percent and the obstacle course that the market was looking on revenues was just 30 to 36. So I'm thinking like the growth stocks or the Kathy Wood related names 
can actually give um, the Bears or the Squeezers uh, a hell of a squeeze. I mean, either this week or next week. I'm 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 bullish. Uh, I, I'm long Roblox calls. Um, yeah. Long affirm. I am quite. Um, I'm also positive on Square, um, especially after PayPal's numbers. Because yeah. um, what happened is that it seems very clear that they actually took market share. The market was wrong, in my view, in selling both Square and PayPal. It's like if you saw Coke fall, it doesn't mean that Pepsi actually fell. It's possible that there was actually a change in market share leadership away from PayPal and into either Square or possibly even towards um, cryptocurrency. We never know. Or, well, Visa MasterCard was very strong. So um, I haven't read the numbers on Amazon. Did any of you guys check? Is there an implication for Amazon's numbers with Shopify's upcoming earnings? Yeah, Amazon, uh, AWS is uh, is growing like yeah. 40%. And then their ad business is bigger than YouTube's ad business, I believe. Uh -huh. So um, so they're doing really well on those two. So those two alone is, is justifying the valuation for Amazon. However, their sales are are declining. They actually got it down. If you look at the the earnings, they actually missed earnings, and then they got it down uh, below what the what what uh, all the analysts were estimating. Um, and what's driving what is profit Rivian? is yeah, because of the Rivian IPO. But yeah. if you look deeper into Amazon earnings, what's driving the profit narrative for them is AWS, their ads business, and and also of course uh, they, they raised the prices of Prime. Um, but honestly, it doesn't bode very well. If they get all the e-commerce stocks like Etsy, Shop, Shop lost half its value. A lot of e-commerce stocks, Chewy, um, they're getting beat up pretty hard um, because there's a lot of cost push um, inflation. And also wage inflation is very high from last week's report. If you look at last week's report, um, the wage inflation is pretty high. The Europe Central Bank also had uh, sky high inflation. So this week is very uh, risky because um, mm -hmm. if you think about on Thursday, we have the CPI print, which people are expecting it to be uh, one of the highest again. Um, and that, that could scare the market and, and honestly provide a dip opportunity. Another thing is on Wednesday, we have the, uh, the, the, the Fed auction for bonds. If you guys notice, Wednesday is normally when, when we, we spike. We, we'll, we'll rally off like Friday, Monday weakness, and we'll rally for like three days, normally Friday, Monday, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, you look at last week. That's when we we got weak. Yeah. Um, but this Wednesday. week is very is very interesting because of those two big. Also, the Fed is going to be talking a lot on Wednesday. Maybe a lot of Fed speakers on Wednesday. So who knows what they're going to talk about? Bank of America is, is expecting seven rate hikes. <laughs> so the market is pricing in four. Yep. So if they think if CPI prints really high or the bond auction goes really poorly, which means that the the bond yields rise because there's not enough demand for the bonds. Um, the sale doesn't go as well, so they have to increase the yields to get more investors in. Then that that is a, a negative signal for the market. And Bitcoin cryptocurrency is bullish, but if you look at the the weekly chart on Bitcoin, um, it's it's the first time the 20 day moving average has crossed below, decisively below the five the five EMA and the weekly. And I think Bitcoin's going to bounce at like 43, 44,000. It's going to hit that mark and it's going to sell off. I think. Um, it's probably going to happen this week. So cryptocurrency does look green. So we're probably going to have like a short-term bounce. I think if, there, if there's any Monday weakness, we're going to probably bounce on Monday like we do every Monday. The pattern yeah. has been we sell off, we bounce, we rally into Tuesday, and then and then we rally Wednesday or we start selling off into Wednesday. 
Um, so I'd be very cautious. There's also Russia, Ukraine, but like Nikki and I talked earlier, you cannot predict that. So honestly, yes. we can't control that. So whatever happens, happens with that. Um, however, we do know that Europe has already talked about, they already printed a very high inflation. The, the, the U.S. jobs report from last week, wage inflation was pretty significant. Uh, let me, where is the report? Um, you could share it if you wish. Like there's a share screen button. It's hard to it's hard to think too now with the Olympics going on in Beijing, mm -hmm. and I know the, like, the relationship that China and Russia have. I, I just can't see them, you know, uh, uh, causing any any ruckus like during that whole event. So, so think, you're you're more on the sense that Russia is not going to attempt any war within. Like at least like for February, that all of that is just yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to. It, I mean, the, I I just can't see that happening. You know, like causing an event that potentially would cause people to like pull out all their athletes and and, and cause like this big ruckus for something that's like a very big deal for 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 Beijing. So, um, I like you said, you can't predict stuff like that, but it's hard. I think that's a very, very big factor, the relationship that Russia and China have. Yeah. I'm yeah, still definitely. staying off limits on Chinese thoughts. Because um, <clears throat> sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. It's just mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. volatile. And uh, with, with the kind of the market wherein you could buy growth stocks at like 50 or 70% off valuations, yeah. and, and with earnings that could po possibly beat the way Unity did, I mean, Part of me just thinks um, markets are really looking for a hiding place and they don't want to necessarily hide in cash. Um, what, what, the, what the earnings results prove is that bulls are willing to bet if it's low enough, either for a short-term squeeze or actually to really go long. So um, I, I, I'm not sure if they're going to trade what happened towards Amazon, what happened towards Google. But I would assume after the earnings came out for AMD, for Celix, for Google, any dips nowadays for these types of names, people would actually go into semiconductors and not just hide there, but actually predict that growth is going to stay strong there for the next few quarters. It's the safest, it's, it's the safer bet for them. And with this constant volatility, you get a premium actually for what's recurring and safe. And I think that's what happened with uh, amongst the fans. That's really what happened why Google could be hitting all-time highs. For all we know, a pullback on Google at 2.6 or 2.5 will will make a lot of people buy calls. Like, I'm not sure if this will happen, but my, my prediction is that the people who were um, very angry with Facebook would actually just position <coughs> towards Google. So yeah. you'll, you'll get yeah. the NASDAQ in a trading range because some stocks would just fall 40, 50% sharply, and then the rest would go 25% or 50%. If they're not gonna go up, at the very least, they won't fall. They'll, they'll stay to their, like, within 10% from their all-time high zones. I it looked mean, like, it looked like is last that week, looking to be what's happening? It looked like last week, like half of the people that sold their Facebook just put it in Snapchat, and they were just like looking for a reason to like send something. Um, and uh, that yeah, was but, to me, I, I, 
I've seen Snap, and I, I think I've tried to play Snap on a couple of earnings, and I didn't play this one. Uh, and, <laughs> wow, and, 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 congrats. You know, so you got the Snapchat calls. Yeah, yeah. Good. Long since calls. Good, good. Yeah. Actually, what happened with Unity recently, because I saw that, because um, I'm very bullish on Unity and Roblox. Yeah. But yeah. I just didn't want to bet on earnings simply because if the market will penalize, if they lose money, I was afraid of the repercussions because I'm tired of the mm -hmm. narrative that people will mm -hmm. say that it's growing, but heck, what earnings are we speaking about? Yeah. So when I saw that the market actually bought Unity at 90 to close at 108, despite the fact that it actually lost money, it made me more confident to actually bet yeah. on Roblox coming coming into the earnings season yeah. and even for a firm. Because uh, if they are able to be less uh how do i say this less penalizing for any company that's not earning money i don't know if it had to do with just a revenue growth but um I, i'm seeing that the market is less bearish especially yeah. in light of yeah. those earnings results it's a good, it's a good yeah it's a good sign to see like it's a good sign like, yeah snap go off like that like we're a couple months ago like earn like report earnings sell off Every, yeah, you know, that was just like every no matter how what they did. No matter, <laughs> yeah, I thought before that the market was just gonna ignore earnings, and so mm -hmm. part of me was thinking, who cares about earnings season if nobody really cares whether you grew fifty percent or a hundred percent? I mean, yeah. I thought that they would just really ignore all the earnings, but lo and behold, last week yeah. proved that if you could beat, you could get a hell of a squeeze. So <laughs> like in, Bill, Bill.com had really yeah, strong yeah. earnings. Right? Had they, strong they actually numbers. accelerated their growth, like AMD. Yeah. Um, so that, mm -hmm. that was a, a really good yeah, one. And also Bill like if you look at 20%, right? if you look at the, the dicks, yeah. the dark pool in indicator, it's actually mm -hmm. really bullish if you guys um yeah, yeah I've been following yeah, I mean, that. It's been I like it when the I like it when the Yeah, let me yeah, um, when it's higher than the than the actual price movement. So <laughs> Let me share. Uh, yeah, do you guys see this here? Um, yeah, 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 we can yeah. see it. So yeah. you see the dark pool, which yeah. is it's it's actually it spiked on. Yeah. It went in all the way up from from a measured move of. Where where is it? Oh, yeah, it went from thirty seven point two percent, which is January twenty fourth. In January twenty fourth, if we remember correctly was uh the monday which was the friday was like red and then monday was like that huge sell-off mm -hmm. so you saw like huge moves there where where that was the bottom probably for a yeah. lot of stocks like upst yeah. a lot of stocks and then you notice yeah. the, the the 25th right it jumped up to 51.4 percent on january 26. yes um which is crazy that's a crazy move like look crazy. and now now dix is dix is staying pretty above elevated right now right it went back up again it hit over 50% again. We haven't seen the dark pool actually hit that high since the March 2020 crash. If you look at the, the whole history here, you see the line here. This this right here, this this point is 48%. And we're staying pretty much above 48% or higher right now. Yeah. So that tells me that the the earnings um, are really strong. And I think the sell-off is a dip opportunity for the smart money to to yeah. basically yeah. get things on sale is what i'm thinking mm -hmm. um i'm not sure how much of of uh the 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 rate hikes has been priced in but i think it's been priced in since leading up to the january fomc meeting 
and now the market is digesting it. And then a lot of these companies are, they're still talking, you know, that's when Facebook talked about inflation, having an issue, the market just like complained as I went negative 2%. Um, and I think that Facebook is a unique situation. And I think the market is starting to sniff that out because look, look at Google's earnings, which is massive, crazy successful. Apple was, was really strong. Amazon was decent. Facebook was bad. And Facebook's story, I think Facebook's going to go lower uh, because they were telling investors to to take a ride with them. You know, we're, we're going to be selling a new product called the Metaverse or, or new platform. And it's going to take about 10 years to to materialize. So I'm going to I'm, I'm just going to sell you a new hot dog and and I'm going to and the hot dog's not profitable. <laughs> so and then they're facing crazy competition from TikTok. I mean, TikTok is clearly short video is clearly eating into their mm-hmm. their margin and they're no longer a growth stock. You look at their growth and their guidance, they lowered guidance and they're actually not no longer a growth stock. They're now a, a value tech stock. So that's why Facebook, I think, will go lower because they're spending money. They're spending like $20 billion and mm-hmm. investors aren't going to have the stomach to hold through that and, and, and believe in the metaverse until Mark proves them wrong again. Um, so if anyone's looking at Facebook, be very, very careful. And you notice the, the, the dip that Facebook caused was, was bought up completely, pretty much. Um, a lot of the companies that, that sold off, like Bill to AMD to NVIDIA, they all, they all like Google, they all start to recover. Um, however, I think that uh, for the short term, I think once CPI is clear, whatever happens with CPI this week and we have a dip, the earnings are, are really strong. As we can see, it's a, it's a reflection of the economy. And that means that in the short term, I think that that we could see, um, you know, a nice bounce back to retest all time highs at forty seven hundred. And then we'll 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 see what happens from there. And the reason why I'm basing this is because of the the gamma flow too. if you look gamma, you look at the bottom here, it, it was negative. That was the lowest I've ever seen gamma as well. If you notice, it's lower than March, like the, the COVID crash. It was lower than the COVID crash. You see the COVID crash was negative two billion. This went down to to look at the market. It's negative seven point five billion here, and then the the other time, remember in September, end of September, it wasn't like the market looked like it was it was like just selling off like crazy. That was negative five point six billion. So so what's concerning about this is the swings are getting more elevated. So mm-hmm. the gamma is swinging back and forth, and that is not a good sign because that that means there's more volatility. Like Snapchat mm-hmm. literally lost twenty five percent of its market cap. And then, it, and then it went up 60%. I mean, that's like a penny stock movement. Yes, and that is yep. not, that is actually kind of concerning to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because that that's, there's so much leverage. There's so yeah. much options flow leverage in the system. So, so you have to be very careful. So basically what I'm saying is take your gains. If you see anything like crazy gains like that, take those gains and then, and then just see what happens next. Um, because yeah. you never know what, what measured move can, can happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. But based on the strong earnings, what happens is we, we rally off strong earnings. And then, and then we have March FOMC. So I think that we will we'll probably rally. Uh, uh, it, if, if CPI is not bad and the bond auction goes well this week, then we're going to rally for most of February until we, 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 we go towards March FOMC, which then we'll start selling off because we always sell off before the, the Fed actually hikes, hikes. And then mm-hmm. once the Fed actually hikes the rates, where they, yeah. they said they're going to hike the rate, it, it, it then is a bottom because everyone doesn't want to be in there. Everyone like is like you know, the, if you look at the mortgage chart as well, the mortgage rates are in are, are increasing. So when mortgage rates increase, equities normally follow and equities go lower. Um, so that's another kind of indicator to to, to look at. Um, so so I think like right now, like we need something. The, the market's in a holding pattern. It's going to be trade between forty 
400 and 4500 i think around those two channels like 43 to 45 and then once cpi or or the or the fed uh wednesday bond auction makes a clear uh indicator then we'll we'll make a direction up or down so so we'll see but i, I do know towards fomc in march we should see weakness again because january was a very weak month and um i think if january is a negative month and i think 70 percent of the time if you look at the history of of the market february is also a negative month 70 percent of the time so mm -hmm. yeah so I, I learned a lot actually using your charts when you actually um use the january 24 drops and the january 26 moves yeah i remember in those three days 24 26 um a complete buy and holder in this type of environment will just get killed either he's down 25 percent on pinterest the other day gets stops out and then gets killed on that 60 percent move as well on the next day after hours so i mean um we are in a in a way the market is really benefiting traders because uh what happened with the earnings and i like what our member actually did what one member of ours did a long strangle technique so we have been opining that if the calls and the put options on both sides is very cheap you can actually make money simply example let's assume that i'm bullish on roblox so i'm gonna long 66 calls the last price was 63 right yep 64 63. so um the call option on the on the 66 is about for, for feb 18 expiry is about 4.9 to 5.5 so roughly five bucks let's assume that i could ensure my risk say long a put option at 60 dollars let's say i'm wrong and roblox fell I haven't seen the risk premium of the of the $60 put option. But nowadays, if you think that, let's assume that I could buy the put option, the 60 out of the money call uh, put option for about, say, $3. So my total risk is $8, right? Either way would happen to be right. Either it's above 66 or below 60 upon earnings day. Uh, and I paid $8, right? So assuming that the market is so haywire, nowadays it's so haywire um people can actually earn money simply by volatility mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with direction that's what that's what he did uh he just went long snapchat calls and snapchat puts obviously his put option just expired worthless but his calls like went yeah 400 yeah like, yeah like if you have a 60 percent move on a on a, on an after hours mm -hmm. uh after a snapchat move and since everyone is so bearish currently with a lot of growth stocks, once you actually get a bullish move like that, yeah, the, the shorts get wiped. The, the shorts get yeah. wiped out very clearly. And, and and even so, let's assume, let's assume that the shorts are right. After selling from 120 to $60, they're right. It goes move like a Pelotonian move, like another 50% off, you wouldn't lose much. Because the point is, you had a put option, your puts would have exploded as well. If the market is so haywire today, in a way, I've been telling people the longs are scared, but the shorts are equally scared. I think we're in a market wherein both sides are scared. And the way to attack this type of scenario, especially in earnings events, is to do the long strangle technique. You do a long call and a long put if and only if both sides' volatility is cheap enough. Because uh, especially since it's going to time decay anyway. So example, today it's about Feb 7, right? So we talked about Disney and Uber and Lyft this week. Let's assume you know nothing about Disney, Uber, and Lyft's earnings. But um, here's what's going to happen this week. 
or, or maybe Twilio and Data Dog. I'd say um, Twilio habitually moves 20, like the implied volatility move of Twilio if they beat is like above 15%. And implied volatility of Twilio if they fail is also 15 to 20%. That type of volatility of 30%, either up or down, you could actually make a strangle technique there. Um, probably if the, if, the, if the strangle options would just cost me less than 10% premium, I think that's worth it. Like uh, about 10, 10% premium less or less for both sides would be good. I, I, I would be okay with it. I mean, for the risk that you take, of course, some people really make a directional bet, but uh, it's unique to this type of scenario. Because what happened January 24 and 26, it's, it's, it's really ridiculous. As he said, the gamma, all the volatility. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that's how I'll attack this type, this type of market. Um, I'm kind of I'm in the mindset right now. Um, there's a couple. Um, I'll just throw three out right sure. now that I think are in a really good place and they have earnings coming up. Um, the first um, one would be Zoom. Um, I know we kind of quite a bit. Um, they, they're, well, no, actually I think zoom is in March, like March. At the beginning yeah, of March. March. but I think they're in a, I think they're in a good spot right here. Um, so any dips on that, I'm, I'm willing to just tuck that away and play, play that in. Um, the next one would be, uh, uh, would be global E global e-commerce. Um, yeah. yeah, they have earnings coming up. I think it's like the week next week, uh, like. 16 it's or February 16. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's tremendous growth in that company. Um, and I and they're in a really good spot technically. I was just looking at it the other day. Um mm -hmm. and then the other one would be Palantir. You know, that's oh, yeah, that's another one. When's Palantir's numbers again? Uh, 17. Yeah. Very near. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks for uh, calling uh, that out. Yeah, those, those two those, any dips on those this week, I, I would look to to try to, you know, yeah, add yeah. those. Yeah. Another thing that I think is bullish on Palantir is that Alex Karp is going to be in, on the earnings call. Okay. So, so for him to be in the earnings call, and, and they are uh, broadcasting them in YouTube. So if you don't have anything good to showcase, what would be the use to... Why would the CEO even be there? Agree. Yeah. Good spot. Good look. Good thinking. And, and you know, I'm really, really bullish in Palantir. It's my mm -hmm. act me my actual only long i'm playing it in, in synthetic synthetic lungs and i'm i think they are going to do great in February 17. actually um heading into february i believe that there will be very few companies that would really earn or at the very least beat expectations I, I mean, as I said, I know that people who went long, the growth stocks have already gotten killed. Um, but if they were able to navigate their January shorts quite early on, or say November, December, January, if they were shorting or at least uh, held on to cash, this February, I think the market is giving all these bulls a chance to redeem themselves. Like at, at some point in time, I think this, this February is earnings month. If Palantir truly grew, people would actually buy it up. If it's like 13, it could probably grow 16 or 17. I'm not saying that it's going to like moonshot. <clears throat> it's not going to be as drastic of a drop as was being done to all of these growth stocks in the past. Because um, that's the reason why, if you notice, Pinterest didn't grow magically. I, I, I took a look at the numbers. 
it's not as uh, I mean among Snapchat or Pinterest, Snapchat did well. That's why it was like sixty percent up. It had profits, like, and nobody was expecting that to happen in Snapchat. So, like, if Palantir just happens to say, okay, we're hitting this much earnings and revenues, uh, the market would go wild. It, it's it's going to be validation for all growth stock investors that they've tried to kill every growth stocks unwarranted just because of this seven interest rate hikes. But um, look, it's not inflationary. I mean, when does software ever become an inflationary problem? Microsoft never had inflationary problems, neither AMD. Um, and I, 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 I think William and Datadog would just prove the bulls right. So like software as a service companies are not inflationary pressured. You could yeah. you could feel inflation only for Starbucks, Chipotle. So I'll be bearish on Starbucks and Chipotle. Chipotle is coming out this week. So I'm a bear on Chipotle. But for Datadog and Twilio, so I think like what's nice about this week is that number one, the market's listening to earnings calls. And number two, we've got a mixed fan report. A mixed yeah. fan report means that bulls can win, bears can win. It depends on like what company you're actually betting upon. Because I've seen how the square bulls, uh, I, I've seen how Kathy has been buying a lot of square, uh, especially in light of like PayPal's numbers. Because <coughs> like any drop on PayPal's numbers and user growth is actually a win for square, isn't it? Because like it's direct opposite. Either either it's square eating uh, markets, uh, the, the lunch of PayPal or... We're just seeing, I don't know, I think execution-wise, Square just recently finished their Afterpay acquisition. So, like, buying Square today is like getting that entire Afterpay almost for free. Because Square yeah. right now is $108, right? $100. I'm, I'm quite bullish heading into earnings also for Square. Yeah. Because, um, like, I've already seen data. There's already data showing Cash App growing higher and Venmo's, like, declining. So, like, it's like... A huge uh where where was uh I'll, I'll try to share if i find it but um there's really uh metrics that we can already have evidence uh, plus this is also good like square aka jack dorsey i know some people are bearish about him going all in on his bitcoin escapades but i love how he is you know as, as a ceo who's really directly uh, on top of square um they just allowed millions of merchants to also use Square's Bitcoin mining service, I think. And he like and I think like he he just bought a taco. I think he was like sharing how how he was uh helping no. I don't know. I think like among CEOs that's on um that's really doing most most good for crypto, it's really square. It's not Coinbase. I mean it's not MicroStrategy. When if I want to go long crypto, my business case is with Square. Because MSDSR is just a leveraged Bitcoin fund and Coinbase is just another brokerage firm. Um, the thing I, the, like the, thing I really, the thing I really like about Square too, I think there's two things, right? Um, they have a ton of data because you know you can go to tons of stores and they're just collecting data on who's purchasing, yeah, yeah. where they what what financial system they're using to to, to purchase things, uh, how much they're buying. You know that that's a lot of data and information that they can provide to companies. Um, so that's sort of something that 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 I think goes overlooked with them. Um, and I really like, like you said, you know, I think Jack Dorsey, 
he really understands that the writing's on the wall in terms of the necessity for a blockchain system. Um, yeah. and, you know, you don't change your company's name to block uh, and, and move away from Twitter and really try to hone in and focus on this. If you don't understand that the writing's on the wall at some point um, mm -hmm. and you want to position yourself perfectly uh, for that for that situation. So I agree with you 100 percent. I was I was actually afraid when Square bought this after pay because I thought that it would be a huge deterrent for a firm. I was that scared when when Square acquired Afterpay. I thought what that was one of the greatest news ever, and I was surprised that hey, why is it that I am bullish on this acquisition, and the market isn't? And I've seen other bulls also discuss this. Uh, Matt Koshrin uh, from Motley Fool, he's very good when it comes to these cashless revolution. I'm gonna share to you what he just tweeted about Square. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just of course I'm I'm talking my books here, but. <clears throat> I, I think like the market amongst these fintech giants, they, they really are not paying attention to what the Jack Dorsey's been doing. All of these, um, and, and they're just laughing. I mean, okay, uh, I'm gonna share to you some of these uh, uh, data that data that's been just shared all throughout um, all the community who wanted to buy Square. Uh, wait up. So I'm like gonna like discuss why I'm bullish. So <clears throat> Matt Koshrin, uh did a lot. No, this one's good. Um, look at this. Market share downloads by apps. This is all the countries. The green side is your square. So that is how structural winners, yes, but square is the leader here. And um, they just now offered all the buy now, pay later through Afterpay. And that was as of um, February 1. So the, the first of the month. And then um, let me see the math. Uh, I'll, I'll look for Matt, Matt Koshrin. He's very good uh, when it comes to all. Uh, I know he was a bull on Square since it was 10. Um, he was part of um, Molly Fools and now also for 7 Investing. He's very good when it comes to fintech. That's why I, I, I love looking at his insights. Oh, where was it? I'm trying. Why are fintechs like SoFi and Square eager to obtain bank charters? You need to be able to own the deposits. And to own the deposits, you got to have a charter. It puts big competitive barriers around the banking industry. I haven't uh, listened to this one, but I'm sure that all these conversations are good. Um, but really, my banking play would have to be Square. So I know some people want SoFi as well. So I would say both, like Square, SoFi are doing really well. Um Actually, um, the sell-off on PayPal is also something that um, it's exaggerated. I think for some fintech bulls, uh, you want to go through these uh, these uh, sharings by Matt, Matt Koshrin. He said PayPal went from 120 people who was working on risk and compliance eight years ago. Now it's more than 4,000. And CEO Shulman said to be best in class at risk and compliance, you have to have a great relationship with regulators and law enforcement around the world is foundational. I don't know, like, um, I don't know, is he bullish or is he bearish? But the point is, like, I guess there's just too much, uh, too many employees when you're when you have a big business like him. It tells you a lot, right? I don't know, like, like I can't find the the square uh, discussion. I, I I saw it somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I kind of put. But, like, but uh, both of them are, both of them are actually on the right page. I'd say that Square and PayPal are both in the right track. 
um, probably just user declines on I haven't seen how bad it was that PayPal was sold off like from 170 to 120. It's like 50 bucks down, right? It wasn't it was about losing users. I guess I kind of I guess I kind of look at it like like I think of Cash App as like a you know they're they're much more ingrained like with uh, um, like younger people um, and then also they they they're ingrained <coughs> with like brick and mortar stores in terms of, of, of Square being in, in the stores and then PayPal they have like a huge presence online so if you go to buy something online generally you could either do it with your Apple Pay or or through with your PayPal. Um, so I, I almost kind of like think of them like differently in, in that regard. Um, and, and I love Square, but you know who is a huge player in the point of sales here in, in Mexico? It's Mercado Libre. That's why you're very bullish in Mercado Pago. It's, it's Mercado Pago. To every restaurant that I go, every restaurant has Mercado Pago point of sales. It's... And I use Mercado Libre, I was telling Ty the other day, at least twice per month. Hey, did you guys notice that most SaaS names actually beat expectations from Atlassian to Microsoft to ServiceNow? That's why I think there is a pattern here. Uh, I'm going to read to you what Microsoft just said. So it ties into what Doc T was saying to take a look at Zoom video upon earnings. You have to take a look on Datadog and Twilio this week because... Um, the penalty on growth stocks, especially like software as a service, it has nothing to do with fundamentals. And if the market's going to look at the earnings season this week and take a look at the real numbers, you will get a pop on them. I'm going to share to you what, uh, what Satya Nadella just shared during the Microsoft uh, report. Uh, let's read through this. Uh, wait, uh, let me just share. So I'm, I'm heading this week mostly bullish. I think like most people wanted to just look at the charts and... Um, well, the charts are, of course, down 40, 50%, right? So now you really need to look at how good the numbers are. Look at this. Satya said, overall, we see a pretty strong demand signal. Going into the dem a pandemic, we saw the demand increase because of the constraints the pandemic put on. And then coming out of the pandemic, we are also seeing actually a lot of constraints in the economy. And the resources, I said, that help drives productivity while keeping costs down is digital tech. So take something like Power Apps. It's an example right in the middle of our stack, helping drive that next level of productivity. And then from the stack, security to our cloud infrastructure, to business applications and solutions like Team is very strong. So like, um, look, maybe we are able today, I mean, if you look at all the SaaS names today, I think like they were crushed. Uh, yeah, Palantir is also a SaaS name, right? So that has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, beat that it's possible. It's, it could beat. I, I'd say like this week, my suggestion for any bear out there is to actually take a look at the numbers. You could get squeezed and killed the way Pinterest and Snapchat and Unity did. It, it, it doesn't have to be an Amazon. Nowadays, and even the Amazon numbers should shake up the bears. Amazon showed that AWS was growing. How much was it? How much did AWS grow this, this uh, month? 40%. 40%. And Amazon's already the number one. And that's like what? Like, like their, their Amazon Web Services growing 40% should shock everyone because um, that would mean a they simple... They also made their, their software more efficient. So they made their software more efficient where instead of four-year life cycle, it's a five-year amortization. 
So they basically they they improve the software so well that they can they can use the hardware for another year, in the earnings <laughs> transcript. So, so yeah. So AWS is really prof compared to Google. Google is actually negative margin. Um, their Google Cloud, but Amazon is positive. Like they've been holding a twenty four percent margin for for quite a few years now. So they're very ahead. So Amazon's like most most prized possession is their AWS cloud business. It's worth one trillion on on its own. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, for YouTube, I think what what really got up for Google it was really YouTube ads that that made the market pay up. I think no, I I I haven't like took a look on each. Like I was just like looking on the headlines. Like people were like so yeah. astonished. So actually, Disney this this week is gonna be having a hard time because if Netflix has been losing or rather having a yeah. difficulty to add, I'd say Disney's problems this week is also gonna be related to streaming. So I would be cautious on Disney. I would be cautious on what on Chipotle because I'm, I'm I'm a little bit bearish on that. What but, about Bubba Fett though? I, I think Fett's I think if, if you if you look at uh, Starbucks, <laughs> Starbucks talked Starbucks about like really bad, right? Yes, it, it was bad. They talked about inflation, wage inflation, mm -hmm. and all that, and that re is reflected in the jobs report on Friday. So Chipotle, I think, is going to go down. Like they they could lose. They can go from fifteen hundred to a thousand. Yeah, um, I'm actually bearish on Chipotle. Uh, haven't bought what options though, but uh, look, look at the setup. Chipotle is like giving every bear uh, a, a chance to short for a very cheap put option. Look at this, Chipotle. Like, if I could buy a put option, say I'm gonna take a risk, um, like a Feb. Today is like Feb seven, right? So they're gonna report Feb nine. So I'll just get a one week expiry, Feb eleven. If I buy a out of the money put option, say fourteen hundred, and they really do very badly, or maybe just at the money, you know, at the money put option. Anyway, it's probably going to be cheap. It's probably just less than ten dollars for this. Um, he's right. Like the writings are on the wall. It's been bearish since two thousand one eight one six. I mean, yeah, it, one. It can't, it, it can't actually beat. One thing though with Chipotle is uh I think they made comments on their last earnings is they talked about like an analyst asked about price inflation, cost cost of goods and all that, raw materials. And they're confident. They said that um not only is their digital business growing, but they said that our customers love our product so much that that we we, we can we can raise prices without a problem. And that's been the case actually for all the P risk earnings. And that's why Chipotle went up so high. So, so when you're making this put option, you're taking a huge risk, and you're you're basically saying that inflation is going to finally catch up, and their demand and guidance will decrease. But it Chipotle says we're going to open more stores. Inflation is not a problem. We we can pay our workers more because they they love working there. Then then your put's gonna you know. Yeah. So so just so just be cautious. So you can do do a spread maybe do a spread. Yeah, do a spread. Actually, from an perspective, what's very cheap today is really being a bull, like. I mean, everyone's like practically bearish. You don't That's even true. need to buy a call yeah. option. You can just go long a stock. Like I saw like like my risk of a cut loss if I was wrong. Say I bought bearing the, of course, bearing one black swan event of a war, which is hard to price in, right? Because that would be a gap down no matter what I own. So bearing that risk of a gap down on wars, I'd say that, Almost all the setups right now for all of these earnings that we like, Square, maybe Zoom. Yeah, with Zoom, I, I want to comment about Zoom real quick. Their enterprise value is $37.6 billion. 
their current market cap is 43 billion. They have 5 billion in cash and 97 million in debt. Um, if you think Zoom could sell off to their enterprise value, that's a 20% cut. So it could go down to 120. And I think it's going to go down to 120 because of, if you look at Netflix and all of the pandemic stocks, the pandemic winners, their growth is starting to slow. And if you mm -hmm. look at Zoom's earnings for the past few quarters, they're still growing on top of like the 300%. They're growing like- This is going to be know, a cash flow play, right? Yeah, they're, they're a cash flow play. So, but I think that- for them to go down. So, so like TDoc, for example, right? TDoc is, is basically going to bottom at 70. It's not going to go any lower than that because that's their book value, right? TDoc's valuation is like an A, right? Their, their, their enterprise value is 12.4 billion and their market cap is 12 billion. They have 1.3 billion in debt yeah. and 830 million in cash. So they're basically worth the enterprise value. Like, I, why would you sell it less than that? And, and it's a growing business, right? They have high margins. They're just, they're just like their net income is negative because they're spending on growth. So I think TDoc is a good play because they're closer to the enterprise value. However, Zoom, there, there's some risk. Like, I think that it, it needs mm -hmm. to go down first to, to probably 120 range, and then it's going to resume um, it, its uptrend because it, it's still kind of a little highly valued. Um, compared to this enterprise value. Palantir is also risky too. We, I know we talked about Palantir. It's a meme stock. It's very popular with retail. Um, Palantir is valuation is pretty, pretty pricey. You know, yeah. they, they have, um, they have a, a PE non gap forward of, of like 88. So it's, it's pretty high. If you look at their, they, they have to really do very, very well in earnings for, for their stock to, to go up. Um, but their market caps at 26 billion, they have. 2.5 in cash and 263 in debt. So their cash flow positive. Um, and their enterprise value is at 20, uh, 23 billion. So, yeah. so basically they, they could, um, they could go down a little more. And I think if they do end up at $10, then I would, I would definitely buy pounds here, but just be careful because the retail favorite stocks, you gotta yeah. be very careful because you saw how they much you fell, right? They so, get punished for Kathy too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so TDoc is good from a valuation standpoint um, because it's now starting to matter, right? Valuations don't matter when you're in a bull market, mm -hmm. and they kind of don't matter in a bear market too because it's it's the macro that kind of drives yeah. the, the the prices. Mm -hmm. um, so I just be cautious on those and and really look at the cash flow, look at the debt, look at their enterprise value, and how far off are they from that? And that's where like like I'm gonna swing TDoc, like yeah. like TDoc yeah. I think is pretty safe. I think sellers are pretty exhausted on TDoc. Yeah. Um, the chart looks really good and I don't think it's going to go any lower than 70. If it's 70, I'm going to buy and, and just like hold it for long-term because telemedicine, I did a telemedicine. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's great. Like, I don't see yeah. this, we're not going to go back. Um, so, so those are kind of my thoughts on those, uh, specific stocks and the valuation piece. I want to share this article real quick, just, sure. just, to, just to kind of update everyone because short-term we're, we're bullish, right? We think, we think we're going to yeah, swing yeah, just for a few days and then we'll just have to trade the ranges. Yeah, we're going to swing a little bit here, but I can't emphasize like the long term and why valuations will come down. You know, mm -hmm. Nasdaq was trading at 24 times. being cautious so that we'll just always yeah. do so, side. So and, and, and there's another trend that you see, like our features are red, right? We're seeing more mm -hmm. red features than normal. Remember back in 2020 and 2021, features were green. They were like always green, green. We're like, we're like, what the mm -hmm. hell? It was just green that yesterday. It's green again. Like what? The, it was just crazy bull, right? But now you but notice. Usually There's, I also notice the reason why on a Friday it is up is not because we are bullish. Usually on Friday, all the shorts will begin to cover. Because like heading into Friday, I had a short. I covered it only because it was the weekend. 
I just wanted to take yeah, so, profits, and that was it. So in bear markets, Fridays normally end green because Fridays they want to end green just because of expiry it, dates. Exactly, expiry it, they, they expire. And options expire on Fridays usually. And then number two is if there's good news over the weekend, you don't want to be short, right? So you can yeah. get blown up. So so that's why they don't want to hold over the weekend usually. Um, so if you look at like this sheet here, right? You look at like the Fed's balance sheet, like like this shows like their 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 balance. And this is like I think a topic the market's gonna start to talk about. I know everyone's focused on rates right now, but I, I wanna get ahead of, of what the market's thinking. Mm -hmm. And what they're gonna focus on is a balance sheet. Okay, this is a problem. See, the, the Fed's balance sheet increased, right? From you know, if you look here from three point six trillion dollars to nine trillion. Yeah. Nine so trillion. so they're holding that in mortgage backed securities, bonds. They have to unload this, right? They have to basically go back to pre pandemic level. So mm -hmm. so like so how fast they do this is what's gonna cause the market to panic. So so we have to be very cautious around that's why CPI is very risky, guys. I can't emphasize that if CPI when comes like CPI? really high on Thursday, Thursday yes, CPI. Thursday. Yeah. So, so the and you notice when when the Europe Central Bank printed a high CPI, Italy had like the highest inflation is reported. The UK had the highest inflation. And what the UK Central Bank do? They they immediately raised rates. They, they said 50 basis points. 50 basis points would cause the market to panic. I'm telling you, like like 25 basis point is something they can handle. We'll, we'll get a dip. But if if the Fed comes out and say, okay, we're gonna raise rates to 50 basis points. Then, then that's gonna that's gonna cause the market to really panic, and they have to also not only raise rates, but they have to offload their balance sheet. Like this is important. Like they can't keep this going, right? This has to be slowly unwound, uh, quantitative tightening, which is unwound back to pre-pandemic level. Um, and that's why, like, I'm cautious. Long term, I'm I'm bearish. Short term, I'm gonna play the swings, of course. And then another thing I want to show you guys too is um, some interesting. This is a really good article from Reuters here that I want to share real quick um, to, so that we can kind of discuss this kind of macro um, yeah. theme here. This is a really good article from Reuters. Uh, so I'll highlight the the biggest things here. <laughs> it's advertising diamond rings as I just got engaged, hilarious. Um, so yeah, so US facing highest inflation since 1982, right? So we know that, that that's like a macro theme that's not gonna go away. This is the highest inflation we've seen in 20, like 40 years, 40 years, we've never seen this inflation before. So the Fed is, there's some concern that the Fed is behind the curve. They're, they need to tighten sooner, otherwise mm -hmm. this inflation could, could get out of control. So that's why the, the CPI print on Thursday, I can't emphasize enough, it will determine that the market's in a holding pattern. So it will determine if we go up or we're gonna, we're gonna go down. I think that we're probably gonna go down given that CPI is not, it's like, if you look at rent, rent has risen like 40%, 30, 40%. Food prices are, are, are still rising. Wage inflation is now higher than expected, right? I don't see the CPI print being being lower than the estimate. So so we have to be very cautious. Do you and, hold put options when you're cautious? Like how do you or or is it just cash for you when you're cautious? I'm cash. I'm you like trade smaller. So yeah, yeah I, I trade think that's smaller. also fine because um I understand the sentiment is very risky. <clears throat> every I think like the majority of people are in the March 2020 pandemic season thinking that. You know the market's going to be bearish for an entire year. I might as well just hold ninety percent of my money in cash, ten percent in stocks, if I really want to go long something. And I think that is the right approach. And the people yeah. who are trading the same size that they were would also have to be very fast. Like uh, nowadays, like if you if you sleep, your lungs could just get killed if you don't have a trail stop. Like like my my sense is that 
people who woke up without a stop loss on Facebook or or even if they did, what type of stop loss would have prevented them to lose like a 25% gap down anyway? Like if they had it at 330 and now it's what, 230? No matter, they, no matter if they had a stop, it would only have prevented them to lose uh, less had they had a put option as an insurance. So agree with what you're saying that as, so, I mean, last week had a lot of bombs, Spotify, Facebook. So it's not so the earnings is like a mixed bag. And then you've got these uh, quantitative easing that, that, that can't be happening anymore. So what, what's what's the only good news? Is that just earnings and everything yes, else is bad? Correct. But the, the thing with earnings is like even though fundamentals are strong and those companies will be rewarded because the shorts get blown out. The, the, the valuations, right? Yeah, the valuations will still matter because the macro is mm -hmm. what drives it. Um, and honestly, the Fed, liquidity is everything, right? You know, mm -hmm. at, like the reason why we had such a crazy rally was that the Fed literally gave so much liquidity to the system. Yeah. So right now, like I'm hiding this. Is, this is very important. You, you can see, look, when the March crash happened, you can see the balance sheet increased and everything followed it, right? Liquidity, asset prices, everything just followed it. And they're going to decrease. I can't emphasize enough long term. I'm bearish because they are going to remove and and tighten quantitatively like that. That just they're removing trillions of dollars from the system that has to come from somewhere. And asset prices will normally take the first hit. Um, that's why Bitcoin, even though it's rallying, I think it's going to hit like 44,000. And I, I'll show a few charts here just to show you guys a long term. Like sure. this is a short term bounce and I'll show you guys a longer time frame to understand mm -hmm. like where this could be headed. But uh, the, but they're going to shrink their holdings of treasury bonds and mortgage backs, right? When they do that, that increases the cost of credit. That makes credit more expensive. It increases the, 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 the rates. It, it, it basically, if they raise the rates and they decrease their balance sheet at the same time, like, and they do it, they accelerate that, that that's a big problem. The market's going to panic. Like I can't emphasize enough, like that's going to cause actually a, a, the 15% correction that I'm waiting for that hasn't happened yet. We corrected 10% already, by the way. And I think that we're going to correct like another 10% where- We're looking at where, about S&P 2.5, the same, yeah. the same price prediction of uh, Grantham. Yeah, and the rates are rising again. You look at this chart, right? Rising rates, right? This is again, like equities always get get kind of short-term, they get, they get punished. But remember, we always correct and then after mm -hmm. the rising rates and taper is happening, the economy is still healthy. And then we, 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 we then, we then resume our uptrend. If you think, mm -hmm. look at the previous fed tapers, the yeah, market always need to really say, um, that yeah. we are past the bear market. We have, so, to so remember rates are rising. We don't know when it's going to stop. Right. It, it could continue mm -hmm. to rise. Right. Especially the two year to 30 we're gonna year. Get 10, we're going to get at least 10 hikes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 10, so, 20. so they're saying seven, seven, seven to 10 hikes. So right now, right now we're priced for four. Okay. So it goes, um, it goes up, it goes up by one every month. I, I think. Like for the past. Yeah. And then let me show some charts here to, real quick to kind of like illuminate what I'm trying to emphasize here. So, so let's Jeff, look at Bitcoin. We, this is Jeff, a weekly, we, right? Jeff, are we bullish on, uh, are we bullish on diamond rings and baby clothing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, right? So I want to look at this chart. So this red line is a 20-day moving average, right? If you know it's the last time Bitcoin crashed, it it, it bounced off the five, the EMA five weekly, the weekly five EMA, which is this, this solid thick line. Right. And you notice, look at look what happened this time. The 20-day the went below it. It didn't even bounce off it, right? Yeah. It went below it. That's a that's a problem. This is a weekly chart. This is this shows you institutional footprint. Weekly is like the institute. They can't hide their flow if you look at the weekly chart, right? 
And mm -hmm. if you go to to spy, and even honestly, any chart, the the weekly, right? Four the, seven. Four six. Yeah, the twenty the twenty days crossing below all the other moving averages. That that's always a sign. We 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 want to wait till it starts curving back up, which which it, it could do soon. But you notice that we closed below the twenty day here. So this this weekly close wasn't that strong. And I'm not surprised futures are red, honestly. And you look at QQQ, QQ is actually worse. Um, this, look at how steep that drop was. And it closed right on the five EMA on the weekly, right? It closed right here. So so we have to look at, we have to kind of be, be, be careful to see what's going to happen here if the 20 day is going to cross the, the 200 day moving average here. Um, and you look at the daily, the daily chart as well. Right, there, it's it's kind of you. You've never seen that. We never seen that happen since March. You, you look at this line mm -hmm. here. We never crossed below this 200-day moving we average. Never so, crossed below. Yeah, so that this is a long-term so thing. That is a bearish. So that is bearish long-term. So I can't emphasize. Just play the swings. We're, we're gonna have these crazy mm -hmm. ups and downs, and just play it for what it is. A lot of gamma. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, for people that are holding certain companies, if you're not fully confident in the company and then and you don't want to stomach like a 20% sell off or Facebook or something like that or 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 other companies oh, that you're yeah. holding if yeah just just sure. just just you know just be cautious yeah. and, and and think this about your your risk is, um not it's not for any aggressive risk taking yeah and IWM's the worst it has to be um an amount that you're really willing to lose and, yeah look and at I, look at IWM this is just that's just, a breakdown that's, that's, look, that's an H pattern. Remember the H pattern I keep yeah. talking about? H, H. And then you look at the, the weekly. It's even more clear on the weekly time frame. These are institutional footprints. But look, the 20-day just decisively crossed below the 200-day, all the other moving average, and below the 5 EMA, the weekly. That's that's very bearish, by the way. This is why Bitcoin did the same thing. You notice, like, IWM and Bitcoin are more risk asset. They're more speculative in nature, right? Yes. If you look at Bitcoin and IWM, they, they broke down the most because they're more speculative, right? They, they broke down below the 5 EMA. I've, I've never seen this happen until recently. So that's why I'm, like, short-term bullish, but, like, long-term bearish. And it really depends on the CPI print. If the CPI print is below expectations, then we might be we might be smooth sailing because they're going to say, oh, the Fed doesn't need to hike that much. They can just hike like two or three times, and then we're just going to melt up, right? And because the economy is actually decelerating, there's some indicators that that a lot of the data from the economy we're, we're starting to slow down. Growth is is not as high as it was expected in 2021. So GDP growth is actually down versus last last year. So those are things to consider. So so what I'm waiting for to happen is like, what is the move? If, if it's gonna if it's gonna correct another ten percent, then I'm gonna go long because the Fed is is going to be um, more dovish. They're gonna actually pivot because the economy is slowing down, and they're gonna pivot, and then we should get the melt up that that I talked about that that could get us to to like new all time highs because everyone's so. You have to think about it. a lot of people are short the market right now. The put call ratio is really elevated, like Nikki was saying. That's why we we get these bounces. But every a lot of people are short. So when the Fed pivots and doesn't you decide to hike 10 times or whatever, all those short positions will get blown up. And, and we're when, just gonna when's the Fed discussing this? Is it this Wednesday? March, March no, FOMC. No, no this, this Wednesday is the bond auction. And then we have some Fed speakers just talking. I don't know what they're going to say. Uh, but March FOMC is when they will they will give clarity on, on exactly what they're going to do. The last meeting that Jerome Powell had was really bad. He was very, he, he didn't really give any clarity 
he he said it, it's data when he says data dependent it's 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 adding uncertainty that means they don't they don't know what direction they want to go they, 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 he used the word data dependent that's a very key word that a lot of investors that follow the fed look for and and he did say that so the fed meeting was actually not a good meeting honestly because because they they weren't they actually acknowledged that inflation is a problem he actually said it that this is not transitory inflation is a problem and we need to we need to fight it um so that's why long term just just be careful and look at the enterprise value and, and the, the delta between the enterprise value and and the stock that you're looking at to make sure that you're not you know it could go lower so be, be prepared to like set limit orders that are 20 percent because zoom hits 120 i'm buying it right um, T Lock at seventy. I'm buying it, and and I said Arc would go to 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 less than sixty, but it did go to sixty four. So it, 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 it did go lower. So, um, so that so it it depends on the. If you look at the charts, you have to just look at like where what's going to happen. How is price going to act when it hits that weekly EMA? So 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 this week we will know for sure the direction. Okay, so this week we're going to close either below below this five EMA or above it. And that's going to matter. If we close above it for this week, then I'm bullish. Okay, because we're going to bounce. We're clearly going to bounce because we, we captured it. We're not retesting below it, and we're going to bounce. So so QQQ, this 5 EMA on a weekly is very, very important line. If you look at the history, right, the last time we, we crossed below it was March. And look what happened here. All right, so so look, we never touched it. Mm -hmm. This is this is crazy. Just look at this chart. We never went below the 200-day or the 5 EMA until recently. So, so these are something that you want to keep in mind from a macro perspective. Uh, but look at the look at the buying volume though. Like dark pool was very bullish, and look mm -hmm. at this buying volume. We have a lot of buying volume the last two weeks. So could this be reversal? I'm not sure, and 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 we have to could wait. We just until, uh, mixed. Uh, this week would be mixed. Uh, yeah. Maybe one to two weeks, because uh, there's there's going to be a lot of earnings that could actually uh, disrupt the market movements. Get the get the bear squeezed out. The bulls will be happy, but it's not an over. I I would go for the what you said. I'm 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 with you when you said that the market is gonna be long term bearish, at least uh, when we talk about long term, I said a year, a year or two. So 2022 is gonna yeah. be for the wild swings. Every it's everything I'm looking at technically, I I think you know yeah, there's room to go down, but you're in a buying opportunity right now. Mm -hmm. um, so there's yeah, really, I think dollar cost uh, averaging is your friend yeah. for sure. There's no reason to be afraid and and and, and try to time the bottom perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you buy you buy what you love right now, uh, and you're probably going to be and just hold it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, I think what would be interesting is how the markets respond on a bad earnings report. Because oh, um, yeah, they, I've they, seen how bad PayPal was. We've seen how Netflix was bad. But I was looking at it, and Bill Ackman stepped in on Netflix. Sure, it was just a 30% swing, but that was the swing that a bull would look at mm -hmm. because the earnings and the risk was already priced in. So like, um, that's one of the reasons why I know that everybody hates PayPal after the earnings call. Everybody hates Facebook after the earnings call. But those two are the ones that I'm taking a look at. Like, How low would it have to be? For people to step in it's not going to be a momentum play obviously this year you've got a swing trade if you wish and um you have to be very nimble it's a tough year i mean i don't think this year is for people who, who will just buy and sleep if you're if they're gonna buy and sleep they got a cost average something that they could hold on for a 40 50 percent decline and the decline could happen just because of an earnings quarter like you i, I would say i would assume 
practically 90% of mutual funds would have exposure on Facebook last week. They got killed. Either 5% of their weight was Facebook, well, they got killed there, right? So, yeah, I, I think like what, what Jeff said, it, it, it gives you the balance, right? Like it gives you balance that no matter how bullish you are with a company, you have to understand there are bears waiting to prowl 25% higher. Even Snapchat, I'd say, I took a look at Snapchat. Look, it's 50% down from its 80 bucks high. The, the only reason why it went up 60% was you were like down 80% to begin with. Had you been 40 bucks prior to earnings, it wouldn't have gone 60% ballistic. So, so, so it has to do with the setup before the earnings. That's why there was the move. I don't know. So, yeah. so we'll see. Um, any, any last words? It's, it's, it's an hour already. Some people mm-hmm. might have a lot to do. Go. Any, any last words? You want to share any? Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of the uh, uranium stocks were in a good spot for. Um, I'm still uber bullish on uranium. I think uh, if you look at like Quad U, CCJ. Um, I'm actually looking at Sunrun this week. I want to see how Enphase <clears throat> and Sunrun are reporting their numbers because on one end, I know that they got killed. I just want to see how the market's going to react because um, if clean energy is a secular theme, is it going to be killed 90% down? What type of earnings does the market want to actually be bullish on them despite these 10 rate hikes or macro problems? So, I mean, I just want to know, I'm actually listening to what the market wants to say. That's why I need, so I think like this week, every market participant is still on the edge. They're, they're not really betting, like they're not committed. If they're long, they're tight stops, 5% lower if ever. So um, it's not a committed. It's not a committed bot. Like most people are just watching the market, see if it's good, and then commit after the earnings mm-hmm. or commit on the other industry players after a report was out. Because yeah. obviously after Enphase reports, that's when you can rep- that's when you can be bullish on Solar Edge or bearish on Solar Edge. Because you'll you're just gonna look at similar players. Or Sunrun, I think Sunrun's reporting their numbers this week. So after this week, it's gonna reflect on the movements on for solar. Or sun power, so I don't know. It's more of a watch for me. It's more of a wait and see. Um, it's a wait and see approach, but you're also cautious and yet bullish. I, I I'm I'm more short term bullish, really short term bullish. How about you, Martha? Are you bullish I, on anything, or you you hold puts? Do you have cash? What do you do? Well, I'm right now. What I'm doing, I'm actually trading only. Mm-hmm. The only long that I have and synthetic is Palantir because I'm super mm-hmm. bullish in Palantir and I don't mm-hmm. mind holding Palantir. But I fully agree with you guys. It's bearish on the long, long term, but I think it will be bullish for some weeks or, few or months. Distinct. Yeah. So I guess to part for the week, you know, um, a lot of uh, interesting companies are reporting but uh you don't have bulls that will succeed because of the bearish climate so you, you everyone's just got to be uh on mm-hmm. top of their positions as well yeah i want to okay. share the last oh yeah last. sure go Jeff. here's my prediction i'll share this chart so february as you guys i left a note from in my calendar by the way to remind myself uh the nasdaq loss loses about five percent in february it's the worst it's the only it's the worst week 
the only worst week was October 22nd to the 26th or October OPEX. So February OPEX is actually a very, very bad month for NASDAQ. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's just historically is the case. You notice the COVID crash, February 20th, that's OPEX. After OPEX, boom, we, we we sell off. February 19th again, what happened? After OPEX, boom, we sell off. Okay. We already had a sell off here. So I'm just like, what the hell is going to happen? So Jeff, are we going to- we have are a theory gonna... why we sell off on February. It's always after Chinese New Year. I think Chinese New Year, all the Asians are just on a holiday. So there's always like a sell off. Yeah, so know. this, so here, so here's how things going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm short term uh, bullish before Wednesday. Right after Wednesday, I'm, I'm not gonna be in the market. Honestly, I'm just gonna swing. But I'm gonna so swing the month. I'm buying Monday's dip. So if futures are red, I'm buying AMD. I'm I'm swinging. Yeah, like, Monday like is a the, buy, the but Wednesday is a sell. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm getting out th Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm gonna scale out Tuesday. And as I did the same thing last week. Honestly, I I, I I've yeah. told everyone in my trick trade exactly what I did and, and what happened. We we sold off Wednesday. It was crazy. We sold so, off Wednesday so, or Thursday. Yeah. So look at the 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 dates here, right? So we're gonna probably rally here. And then we're going to hit the OPEX and then sell off here, I think. We're going to revisit the slow at least, okay. I think. Just looking at this chart. So so that's my next three weeks prognosis. And just based on Buy history. Buy Monday, sell Wednesday. That's the trade. <laughs> yeah, trade. so buy red futures sell green futures okay yeah. so when the futures are red you notice when you buy the red futures on monday especially every monday has been bloody red and you buy monday's dip you're in good shape so i'm buying monday's dip. I'm not, unless the pattern changes i'm gonna change my behavior but it's been working for me so far so i'm gonna continue it so i'm just warning everyone to please don't forget opex i warn every single time every month every time we hit opex I tell everyone in, in, in quick, quick trade, we're hitting, we're hitting OPEX, we're gonna have volatility. We usually get weak towards it. And it, mm -hmm. literally without fail, every single mid month, we have a uh, weakness heading yeah. into options expiration. It, it's it, would, it would honestly be perfect just to get us in, get us that no, another 10% and we get it over with and going into exactly. March. Exactly. Yeah. OPEX, so, OPEX is 18, am I correct, Jeff? It's in the 18? uh opex is mid-february so it should be the 14th or 21st let me let me check real quick i can double I check so just relax on monday it's valentine's day zero positions on valentine's long love <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so february 18th wait february 18th okay. doesn't make any sense hold on hold on that doesn't make any sense let me see. I recently heard about this thing. I never heard of it before. It's called Galentine. It's like the Galentine. day before Valentine's Day. Girls get together and like celebrate Valentine's Day together. Ah, yeah. so the single girls can just uh, have a gal, gal pal. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, it's February, thing, it's yeah. February 18th, but that's a Tuesday. Yeah. Wait, wait, I'm looking at the wrong month. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. It's 18th. Sorry, it is 18th. I, I was looking at October. I was like, I'm on the wrong date. So. <laughs> So yeah, it is, um, it's the 18th. 18th, yep. Okay, so interesting, important dates. So Wednesday, you've got earnings reports for Disney and Uber. And then uh, also you've got the CPI auction, bond mm -hmm. auctions as well. Then Feb 18, you've got the another day that everyone has to take a look at. Yep, yep, yep. So there, um, lots awesome. of uh, mixed bags. Uh, I guess we'll expect volatility. And um, for volatility, the answer there is you go long volatility. So long strangle technique would be good. And uh, 
I mean, you have to be insuring yourself. So one way to insure is either to have a lot of cash and just be nimble. This is a kind of market wherein we could just reverse our ideas tomorrow simply because this is what just happened. We could reverse the bull or reverse the bear. Okay. All right. See you again uh, next two weeks. Thanks again. I learned a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.